This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9, with available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults, with zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. What's up, Doc? <laughs> I wish I had a carrot. Like, you. <laughs> how long have you been waiting to say that? <laughs> I wasn't sure. Either either one I was going to do was going to be like, what's up, Doc? Or, you know, doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad I was. I didn't have enough guts to, like, really go for it. That was pretty cute, though. I like how you <laughs> pretended to have a carrot. That was very cute. Oh my god. Jack, I am so proud of you. You are just uh you amaze me. Thank you. Every day. <laughs> every day. I couldn't do what you do. I couldn't do it. I could my brain doesn't do it work either. like that. I'm like very I have like a lot of emotions. Um the last few days like wrapping up the semester and presenting my doctoral project and yeah. getting published and like there's so many like good things that have been happening but getting published NBD whatever. <laughs> WTF. <laughs> oh. And like it's it's weird though. I think it's like one of those times where I'm really trying to like just um like pause and kind of like what we talked about last episode and just enjoy some of the accomplishments and stop looking towards the next step which has been really hard for me um to actually kind of sit and enjoy things like I'm always looking to the next thing so I'm gonna sit here and try to enjoy it this weekend at least (laughs) at least one weekend yeah you should What's been going on with you? What's new with you? Anything exciting? Any dating updates? Any? Um, no real dating updates. I feel like getting ready for puppy has kind of taken over my life yeah. and, you know, adding that into podcasting and all that stuff. I'm just like I need a break. <laughs> I know. What's on like what do you have to do for the pup? Like what do you have to do still? What have you done already? I'm not going to lie. I'm reaching out to a couple of like dog brands and stuff on Instagram to mm-hmm. see if they can. don't want to like, you know, maybe collaborate, maybe get a dog crate, maybe get some like cool toys, get a shout out, pay for puppy insurance, you know, that sort of thing. I'm trying to be smart about this. Okay. Oh, we should have another vet come on and I can ask him all my new puppy oh, questions. that's a really good idea. That is such yeah. a good idea. Wait, have you heard back about like any more details about the dog, boy or girl? No. no okay, so we still don't I think know. I get to still don't know, but I think I'm pretty set in my boy and girl names. Okay, let's hear it. Let's hear it. So it's the same as what I said last time, like Griff for Gryffindor for a boy, because I think that's so cute. Adorable. And I'm just obsessed with like a little like girl named Sunny. 
I know. And have like, for for Raven, we have we have Ray and Sunny, and I think it's perfect. I'm like, that's obviously if I meet the puppet, I'm like, oh, you're not a Sunny or you're not a Griff. <laughs> you know, they could be a Slytherin. Who knows? I love that. Griff is so cute. And if you don't take Sunny, I'm shotting that name for my for my dog. <laughs> you can totally have that name for your dog. <laughs> this dog that I'm manifesting that is yeah. nowhere near in my life yet. I love I love it's both happening. of those names. I love both of those names. And I think you're right. Well, actually, I feel like Sunny could be a boy name too. It could be. It could be it a could boy be. name. Maybe you just need to meet the pup and then and then like you'll get a better feel for what it's gonna be. Yeah. yeah, I'm so excited. It's gonna be a little fur ball. I can't wait to. Sh- I can't wait to see the little fur ball. Oh my gosh! But that's a good idea. We should have a vet on and yeah. go through like new puppy because it's like I feel like this is puppy that, that time of the year in the spring when people are starting to get excited about the new weather, and this is a really good time to get a puppy because it's about to mm-hmm. be the summer. You can take it out all the time. So I bet there's gonna be a lot of people out there getting puppies with you. So good idea. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll lock that one down. It's on the calendar. (laughs) You know what I'm really pumped for today, though? Besides the fact that I'm going to go see Jack White tonight, going to an actual concert. Oh, my gosh. Where? Where is the show? Uh, Ascend Amphitheater. So it's like our outdoor venue, but it's like right down on the river. Oh, Oh my God. We have just got like grass seats. Just going to bring a blanket and listen. It's going to be amazing. That's going to be so so fun. Look at you. I know. I'm like doing human things. Doing things. Going to concerts, getting puppies. It's like you're a real post-pandemic person now, Dee. Congrats. (laughs) I'm a PPP. (laughs) PPP. Ew. I'm P-cubed. Pee- P-cubed. Okay, enough. What else are you excited for? The Katie Duke is back on the WOMED. I know. This is, oh my gosh, Katie has been up to so many different things. She's been jet-setting all over the world. She's been working at the bedside. I am so excited to catch up with her and see what the hell is going on. Oh, is that the coffee mug that I ordered? First of all, Danielle Malpe, let me try to tell you how much of a whore Jackie is. (laughs) Yeah. So first of all, I like supporting my friend's businesses. Okay. Because uh, as somebody who has had a business and who has like sold merch or tickets or events or trips, the amount of people that come to you wanting free shit, it is just, it's, and it, and it's always just like, damn, man, like, You know, so whenever my friends release things, whether it's like an event or whether it's like some merch or something, I'm always the first to buy. And this motherfucker (laughs) texted me. First of all, she violated my privacy as a consumer. (laughs) She accessed my consumer information without my permission. Okay, (laughs) I would like to let the record reflect. Second of all, because I see all this cool Nurses Week riot healers shit and I'm like, oh, I'm about to go ham in here. And, um, yeah. And so next thing I know, I get a text. <laughs> let me, let me pull up that text. <laughs> I'm dying. I violated HIPAA. It's true. She, They're going to throw me in jail. This motherfucker literally just texts me at 943 in the morning. Absolutely not. I'm refunding you. <laughs> not no hi, not no good morning. There's no like, Hey girl. Hey, there is. There's there's basically like no nothing. It's, it was like five minutes not. after you put the order in. I saw yep. it go up it's my like, phone. I'm like, no. Yep. <laughs> it's like, absolutely not. I'm refunding you. Fuck your order. 
to hell with you. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is this is this 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 is this is interesting. I was like, first of all, how'd you get my contact information, bitch? <laughs> I, um, she did the, I do appreciate she did the, same the support. Thing. I will say I appreciate the support, especially from the both of you who have um, a combined three billion followers on social media. You absolutely do <laughs> not. For, first of all, pause. I've been at the same 142 for like a year and a half because, you know, I don't buy my followers like some nurse influencers out there. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Burp, burp. But um, yeah, so. Maybe not at three million yet, but girl, we yeah. we, we like supporting. I know, yeah. I appreciate it. It helps. It helps a lot. Um, yeah, Jackie. So, um, don't try and refund me for my fucking orders anymore, okay? Thanks. She did that to me it's at Christmas too, too. I was trying to get my mom like late. a travel coffee mug, and for Christmas, and she's like, "Nope, I refunded it." And she sent my mom a card for like one thing I was getting her for Christmas. <laughs> This bitch. Talk about terrible customer service. I would like to file a report. She's the worst. Please don't. Please don't. No, but I really do appreciate you guys supporting. It really, it means a lot, you know, running a small business. There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. And I think um, there's a lot of, you know, medical influencers in our world that, you know, I get it. Like we're used to getting some free stuff from from bigger companies Mm -hmm. and you just kind of forget that, oh shit, it's just Jackie, like in her garage, packing up these orders. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is why I think it's like, if you're a friend, if you're, if you're a true friend, if you're like a true, like person who says, let's support each other. Don't ask your friends for free shit. Like when they, when they start their businesses, matter of fact, don't even ask them for a discount. Matter of fact, don't even tell them that you're ordering shit. Like if, if you, you know, have something that you're launching, like, and you're like a true friend, like support that shit organically. And um, that's, that's something that I, you know, I, I, I've definitely had like some of both, you know, I've had, I've had friends who are, well, I mean, they're not really my friends anymore, but they're like, you know, Oh, listen, Oh my God, hook me up, girl, hook your girl up. And I'm like, you know, well, that's money out of my pocket because, you know, merch isn't free. Uh, <laughs> yeah, somebody, somebody's paying, somebody's for, it. paying somebody's for it at some paying. point in time somewhere. Um, but on the other end, I'm like, you know, our friends should be the people who are, you know, the, who are, who are that, you know, that, that support system. And that's important to have and not mm-hmm. saying everyone needs to like drop a huge paycheck on, you know, supporting their friends or whatever, but it just, it, it always means the world. So like when Clara's Asian care unit, right. Healer stuff came out, I bought stuff. I didn't tell her. And, yes, you did. and I posted it and she was like, oh my God, I would have sent you something. And I'm like, I don't want you to send me anything. Yeah. I want to buy it. And it totally. was, you know, it was like this foreign concept to her. And I'm like, no girl. I'm like, I want to buy it. And she's like, no. And I'm like, we, we, we're all trying to do very different things and mm-hmm. it's hard enough. And you get enough pushback from like just the general population, general, general population um, out there <laughs> for all my years in prison, obviously. Very familiar <laughs> with the term. Um, but yeah, so I love supporting, but um, so yeah, so I guess now you refunded my order. I'll just have to buy something else under my Stan account. So don't even worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you run into that? Because you're just coming off of a live show. You had your two first live shows. Mm-hmm. Did you run into that at all? So I ran into some interesting things. So I had two starter tester shows. Um, if you are not sure what I'm referring to, I have a podcast called The Bad Decisions Podcast. 
we started working on it in 2020, in February 2021, a live show, like a stand-up comedy live show. The, the process was, it was a lot of work and it was the most different thing I've ever done in my life, certainly. But Showtime came around and ticket sales and I was always getting, I always get a very nervous launch anxiety anytime I have something launch, whether it's like I'm announcing a new trip I'm hosting or I'm announcing a new workshop or an event or a show or something. I'm like, no one's going to buy this shit. And I have (laughs) wicked major anxiety, panic attack. The night before these tickets went on sale, I had a full-fledged panic attack. I had to, I had to take a benzo, like, (laughs) and I had saved this benzo from like my plastic surgery in 2020. So I have a bottle of Valium in my, like in my medicine cabinet. And I took a five milligram and I was like, I'm having, I'm having fucking chest pain. This is bad. But a few of my friends had hit me up throughout that week. And they were like, tell me what time tickets go on sale. I can't wait to support. And it always makes you feel so, um, just so like encouraged and supported and it's very empowering because you know yeah like you should definitely hook up your friends and family here and there throughout the way where you can you know Mm -hmm. but other times you just need to know like this person organically supports me and they believe in the shit that I'm doing yeah tickets went on sale and the first two tickets were Adam and Max my two best friends and they bought like the the VIP package, even though, Amazing. even though like they, they did not even need to do any of that. And then my home girl, you know, Steph, she bought tickets and like a few other friends. And it was just like, oh, this is so amazing. But then like once tickets sold out literally three days later for the New York show, I had random people texting me being like, so sorry, I like, I didn't get to buy anything, you know, when tickets were on sale, can you just add me to your list? And first of all, like we were not even like, we're like not even like, like close like that. And it was interesting because I was like, I feel like that's like a big ask. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Put me on your VIP list, which is where literally I only had 10 slots and six of them went to like my team, my two managers, Sean, (laughs) who's kind of like my co-manager, my support. (laughs) He's my service support person. (laughs) (laughs) Jack is mine. <laughs> my my photographer and then the the other two like touring agents. And so I had like two spots left and I was like I was we like, close enough for that. Yeah, and I was just like first of all, motherfucker, you've been on Instagram all goddamn week. Don't sit here and tell me you you ain't have no time to get motherfucking tickets. You just trying to get some shit for free. Man, it did it, it oh it, it drives me nuts. Like it it definitely drives me nuts, but first world problems obviously. But but fair. Very fair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fair. Ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. (laughs) 
So you you finished up the two live shows. You've been traveling all over the world. You just did a ER stint, I believe, working again at the bedside. So like, give us the updates. Like, what are you not doing right now? <laughs> I'm not organizing my closet and preparing to move back to New York. That's what I'm not doing. <laughs> you're, you're moving back to New York? Bitch, where have you been? I don't know. This <laughs> algorithm keeps fucking changing on Instagram, and I have no idea what anyone's doing. <laughs> I, I don't know what anyone's doing either. Yeah. So we are moving back to New York. So first things first over the last, like since January. So the two shows were in January, the LA and the New York show went really good. We decided to do like a nationwide tour starting in the fall in like sort of like the East coast. And so, so um, not Nashville, no Nashville. Oh, Nashville. I'm so far out of your loop. No, yeah. Well, I will be buying tickets to that. Wait, is this, has this been announced yet? This has not been announced it yet. It hasn't been announced yet. I was going to okay. say, I'm pretty sure I would have seen this is kind of This now. is kind of a WOMED exclusive. Oh, <gasps> top secret. We love right WOMED exclusives. All right, give us, give us the cities. Yeah, we well, so it's going to start tentatively Friday, August 26th, and then go through Monday, September 5th. But we're going to be going to Boston, New York, Philly, DC, Atlanta, Nashville. Oh my God, girl. I'm so excited. St. Louis and Chicago. You'll get to meet my new puppy. Oh, please bring him to the show. (laughs) If if it's allowed, I will. It's my show. Bring the dog. I need need a service animal in the backstage helping with my anxiety. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. But so. Griffer Sunny will be there. So we, we learned a lot of lessons along the way, you know, like I learned what does work and what doesn't work. I do much better in small, intimate venues. Mm -hmm. I do much better when I have a teleprompter that works. (laughs) (laughs) Jackie, you were there. Did it not not work in LA? I was going to say, I thought it it didn't work. And then also the mic was down. Um, so it was, it was an interesting little start to that show, but I know you won't say it, but I will say it. You, I mean, everyone, Katie absolutely killed it at this live show. It was the funniest fucking thing. I was like peeing in my seat for two hours straight. (laughs) It was hilarious. Like, I know that you're going to like play it down, but you were such a natural, so funny. Like these shows are all going to sell out. It was, it was so, so well done. I, I, I hope so. And I, I poured like everything that I had into it. And so just to hear you say that makes me feel so good. And honestly, like I got so much great feedback. I mean, people were like, we did not, my best friend Steph, she was like, I, nothing impresses me. She's a, she's a Philly now New Yorker. And she's like, nothing impresses me. Nothing impresses (laughs) me. She's like, I was not expecting that. And she's like, "I, I had no idea that it was going to be like this, like this well, just this well yeah. produced and just, you have, you're just so natural up there. And I'm like, well, obviously it's cause I did four years of theater in high school, <laughs> but <laughs> even Sean, cause I wouldn't let Sean see the show. No one saw the show except for you who opened up for me in New York and for James uh, Simmons who opened up for me in LA and my team, no one saw the show. It was a complete secret. Wow. Uh, So just to hear people's feedback and like Max and Adam, my gay besties, who are the most harsh critics on the planet, um, they were just like, we cannot believe it. And so I'm so excited for it, you know, really kind of get to a thing where like, all right, I get to take this to other cities. But I just always have so many nerves about like having a team of people invest in you and like say, all right, we're going to take the show on the road. Literally, it's nerve wracking because 
you're like, fuck, what if I only sell 20 seats in a 150 seat venue? It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of Mm -hmm. pressure. And it's very different translating something on social media. You know, you can say, oh, well, you know, Instagram, you know, people aren't really on Instagram right now, or, you know, people didn't like this post. That's all right. I'll post something later. But doing a live show, there is no, like, there's no getting around anything. It's, it's either you pack the fucking room or you don't. (laughs) Um, And it's either people are laughing at your jokes or they do not fuck with you. And my absolute nightmare would be like a silent room with like 20 people there. And so I'm already (laughs) having like with wicked anxiety being like, oh, my God, is anyone even going to come out and see me outside of Daniel Maltby in Nashville, Tennessee? (laughs) Is it just going to be me and you? If it is, then we're going to just do it. And it's going to be amazing. Totally fine. We can. We'll just like just like make like duplicates of Jack's body and like put that in the we audience. make cardboard cutouts like they did the Oscars in COVID. <laughs> yes. We could have like Brad Pitt in attendance yeah, and good. like Reese Witherspoon because Reese and like Keith Urban and Nicole Kidman because you know they all live here. Yeah. So obviously they'll be in so attendance. I was like, you know, this is it's a great deal of pressure. And I am a very high mm-hmm. anxiety person at baseline. And so it's, it was a lot on me, but I felt very natural up there. So when you say like you were a natural up there, I, I feel that. Mm-hmm. And I, and I feel good up there, but I know that I'm not ready for like a 300 seat venue or to pack an entire amphitheater like nurse Blake <laughs> or a cruise ship for that matter. <laughs> like he, and it's funny cause he's been like sort of mentoring me and helping me throughout the process. And we've been friends for years. And I was like, I remember when I first hit him up, I was like, dude, I'm doing a live stand-up show. He's like, Oh girl. And we immediately got on the phone and I'm so passionate about it because I think what our community needs right now is honestly just to come out and remember that mm-hmm. with connection comes community and we need to connect with each other outside of the toxic awful hospitals and healthcare systems. And we need to remember that, you know, we, we are deserving of community and support and we need to fucking laugh. And someone needs to call out the healthcare system and the CEOs and the CNOs for all this bullshit. So that's what the show is all about. Mm -hmm. It's basically me roasting the entire healthcare system. So after that leg, we'll then go through like a Tampa, like, you know, we'll hit Florida, Texas, you're going to roast them for all their other shit that they're doing? They're getting getting a full spectrum of roast, a full, a full broad spectrum roasting. It'll, it'll be good. And then we'll come back up to like the West coast, but, but yeah, so this year has been a little crazy for me. Um, so that was like the biggest thing so far. And then I, I host trips through Trova trip. So I did a trip to Italy. I did a trip to, um, Galapagos. I did a trip to Turkey. Um, I did an ER crisis contract assignment in Redding, California. How was that? Sean had told me, Sean's like, you know, there's a, there's lots of Republicans in California. I'm like, no way. And I'm like, well, re- I'm like, well, Republicans, I thought California's Democrats. So he's like, no, actually, to be more specific, <laughs> they're all moving to Nashville. There's lots of Trump supporters um, in California. And I'm like, no way. Redding, California is that little pocket that is a very unique pocket in California. Mm. So I took a four week crisis assignment and it wasn't a COVID crisis. It was a staffing crisis. So the hospital, then I, and I should have gotten a hint because the hospital had to fire 400 nurses who refused to take the COVID vaccine. (laughs) Holy shit. That's why you got the contract. Oh, wow. Yeah. 400 nurses refused to get the vaccine. Wow. 
And so okay. I took that. Yeah. So, oh, that makes, I know. So I took that crisis assignment and I did it four weeks. I renewed for like an extra two and I ended up staying up there six weeks. I work nights. I basically work 40, 41 out of like 47 nights. And the ER crew was great. The docs were great. The nurses were great. It was a, it was a great like camaraderie. And it was the first time in my entire nursing career of 18, 19 years where I've ever worked somewhere where they had ratios. And I was like, mm. this is interesting. I had no more than four patients, the entire assignment, never. Really? They actually make people wait in the waiting room in the ER. And that's such a strange concept to me. Cause as a New York nurse, like you'll have up to like 15 patients, like the, sh- the shit is bananas. So that was a very eye-opening experience, but also eye-opening is the fact that there's this like town now Reading is like eight hours north of Los Angeles. So it's like almost a few hours away from the port from the border of Oregon, but it was a very, they love their guns up there and they love Trump up there. And they, okay. my entire six weeks there, I took care of one patient who was not a Caucasian patient, one Wow. And that was very uncomfortable for me. Yeah. And I was probably like, very different than, I mean, it was, completely different yeah, than working in New York. It was very different. Yeah. But I like, even when I would go to the grocery store, when I would go to like the gas station, I would go get my nails done. I was like, yo, it's really fucking white up here. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> God damn, man. Like this is, st- this, this is, this, uh, this, this, yeah. So it was, it was a lot of firsts on that on that contract, to say the least. Wow. Anyway, it helped me uh, help me pay off, pay down some credit cards and whatnot. And um, yeah, so I came back and um, focusing on, you know, other things and getting back to life. But it was nice to have a short term contract. But like I, I worked as an ER nurse. I didn't work as an NP. And mm-hmm. I worked. That's what I was going to ask. I worked as a nurse throughout COVID in the ICU in Brooklyn and in the ER in Brooklyn during like the initial season one peak. COVID season one. So, you mm-hmm. know, I had, I had been in those trenches for like, you know, within the last two years, but um, I love it, but I'm definitely glad that I'm an NP and I'm also glad that like, I don't need to do that full time anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that that's the dream, honestly, mm-hmm. is to get to a point where you can take on um, contracts or take on work as you mm-hmm. as you like it we we've had travel nurses on before and talked about exactly this yeah yeah about being able to kind of take time away and it's it's a luxury obviously but it's you know i think it's something that a lot of healthcare workers are starting to move towards yeah like realistically how can i make my career sustainable in this way yeah. right and it revolves around your burnout and your mental health because one of the only ways that we can deal with burnout is to leave the situation that's burning us out. But a lot of people are kind of stuck because they don't have those other options or the flexibility or different streams of income Mm -hmm. to allow them to lighten their load at the main source of their, you know, burnout, which happens to be, you know, their full-time income. And it's, it's tough, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's definitely something that, that I think a lot of people, you're right. Like a lot of people are starting to lean towards more flexible, um, non-traditional things, you know, even if that means working part-time in a hospital and like waitressing part-time, I mm-hmm. think that's where people are at yeah. right now. Anything to avoid working full-time at the bedside, but that actually, you know, we are Danielle and I were just joking that this episode comes out at the perfect time. It's going to come out on the Monday nurses week. of nurses oh, week. So shit. that kind of is like the perfect, we have the perfect guest on and in your live show, you roast the entire healthcare system, but you specifically oh, yeah. talk about 
about nurses and about how nurses are treated within that healthcare system. And I'm already getting goosebumps thinking about the really terrible Nurses Week gifts that we're going to see oh, man. all over social Let's media. Fly. You know it's yeah. not going to be a terrible Nurses the Week fucking, gift? The fucking right healers. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And shameless plug. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. <laughs> I remember when it all started so my, my, my management team, they were the one who brought the idea of the stand-up show to me. And I was like, there's no fucking way I'm doing a stand-up show. Fuck out of here. Who the fuck's going to come see me do a fucking stand-up show? That's always my first response. Get the fuck out of here. You have such a devoted fan base, though. Shit, can I get some motherfucking really followers do. on Instagram? God damn, though. I, <laughs> I mean, you've... No, but, I... But, but Katie, like, you've held on to that. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I've... As you, I've only got like bachelor followers and they're like, who the fuck is she? Like, I have no relevance. So that's why mine start dwindling down. Then you add on, oh, she's telling me to wear a mask and get vaccinated. And like, I don't, I just want to know what top she's wearing. I'm going to unfollow. <laughs> oh, God. You know, you have a dedicated nursing following. I mean, I, it's, it's something that I'm very humbled by and I feel very honored to have that. But I've also been doing this for 10 years. Like I was, mm-hmm. I was one of the first nurses on social media um ever yeah mm-hmm. yeah ever. ever and kind of like paving the way I feel like for a lot of healthcare people kind of entering this content creation influencing yeah, world yeah yeah and the whole world of like nurses having side hustles you know like I was doing merch giveaways in 2013 on Twitter like I was um completely unheard of and like people thought were like what the hell are you doing like and I, I rarely, you will rarely hear me toot my own horn, but this is a, this is something where I definitely will, will stand back and feel proud of. And where I definitely will say, you know, I, I was, I was one of the first and I am still here. I wish I would be, you know, much more impactful or I wish I would grow much more than I have, um, which sometimes kind of, you know, fucks with me a little bit. Cause then you see these like nurse influencers come on now and they're, all they do is post like trendy, goofy, who knows what shit. And they've grown 150,000 people in a year. And I've been on here for 10 years. And it's very hard to grow when you are making consistent, genuine, authentic, like non-trendy shit. It's hard to grow mm-hmm. off of straight, off of just being impactful and just being empowering. It's very difficult. Um, I've never gone viral I have never done anything that has been picked up by like any big blog sites, except for being fired on national television. But, um, (laughs) but like, again, that was like many, that was 10 years ago, but I try to always make sure that I stay vulnerable and authentic and transparent with people and relatable. And I think over all these years, I think that that has been the one consistent thing that has made a, a following people who do follow me loyal because they know that that they won't ever turn to like my page or my profile and see something that they can't relate to or see something that makes them feel bad about themselves or see something that makes them feel inferior or be like, what the fuck is this shit? (laughs) Cause like, I mean, how many times have you turned to someone's page and been like, what the the fuck are you doing? What the fuck is this? And it, and Mm -hmm. it sucks. Like, and if it sounds like I'm bitching, yeah, I'm definitely bitching. Like I wish I had, 285,000 followers like some people, but I also put much more effort and heart and soul into the content that I make and the interactions I have with people online and the the place that I want to hold in people's timelines. 
um, and what I want to be known for. And I don't want to be known for like funny TikTok dances. And there's nothing wrong with that to each his own. But it's when you have been someone who's like been around the game so long and you see people come on and it's like they make a 30 second funny dancing stitch video and like they're exponentially growing beyond you. It's just like, I mean, I'm fucking human. I'd be like, God, I'm salty. Jesus. <laughs> it is what it is. But um, right. but yeah. I always tell people, especially my mentees who are like, I want to start a page. The first lesson I always tell them is impact over influence and presence over popularity. Mm-hmm. And those are the two things that I need to remind myself consistently also, especially when I get salty about losing followers when I talk about abortion rights or losing followers when I talk about keynote speaking or, um, you know, whatever it is. And um, other people are just exponentially growing. It's those are the core things, I think, that keep that keep things going with me. But, you know, some days it kind of sucks. Some days it kind of sucks because it's like this constant pressure to produce and perform and be present. And also you're, it's hard being accountable to a large audience. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, you guys both have audiences. You understand, you know, that people are looking to you for, to be a voice and a lightning rod at the same time. Mm -hmm. They're looking to you to speak out and speak up. They're looking to you to help guide them through their things in life. And, um, you know, it's, it's a lot, but every day I'm grateful for the opportunity and, and just the place that I have. Well, Katie, okay, so you're <laughs> you're heading, you're moving back to New York. Are you going to take like a new NP job up there? Are you, what is, what's your plan? Like what's bringing you happiness and, you know, non-anxiousness? And I want to know what kind of scrubs are you going to be wearing when you're in New York? Oh, here's where, oh, oh. I see we're going there. Oh, okay. Some nice Jack wants to know what scrubs are you going to wear at your new job? Get your shit together because I'll I was I figured I was going to give you guys the full scoop anyway. But um, okay, All right. So when I get to New York, um, I do want to get back into some sort of um, NP role. I do not want to work full time in a hospital. That's for sure. I would um, Mm -hmm. I would love to be like part time adjunct clinical faculty or I would love to have some sort of like a um, part time aesthetics role. My girlfriend um, is a founding NP at one of the um, wellness startups there. I think I would really like to look and see like what that looks like for a potential role. But I can't do any of that until like 2023 because I am hosting um, I have a, I'm hosting a trip to Bali, a trip to Greece, a trip to New Zealand, a trip to Egypt and, um, potentially Japan. I might get on that Egypt one. It Egypt sold out, girl. Left. Damn. Egypt, Egypt sold out. There's three people on the waiting list, but Fiji and Fiji and Japan have open spots. Okay. Worst places to go mm-hmm. than Fiji and Japan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but like, if Amazing. you, if you add up all those trips, like, if I was to start a job, even a part-time job, I would be like, oh, by the way, I need eight weeks off for the rest of the year. Yeah. They're going to look at me no. like, what the fuck? And also with the tour, yeah. um, the tour starting at the end of August, like it's just not manageable. And I need to make sure that I um, mm-hmm. you know, am committed to my commitments. So I think I just want to see how things play out, but I have no trips or anything planned for 2023. Um, and I think that I would like to get into like, um, really focusing and honing more into 
um, the education and advocacy that I have for um, on social media and creating valuable content and then some sort of like a part-time role. As for the scrubs that I'll be wearing in whatever um, uh, and wherever situation I'll be wearing scrubs, um, they will be figs. And here is the situation on that. <laughs> Ooh, let me get my tea. It's boiling hot. Sure right. it is. Figs is the best. So, uh, so happy to have you join us. So as you guys know, I, I was a Cherokee girl from the jump. Um, Cherokee was the mm-hmm. first contract I ever, the first paid opportunity I ever had. I signed with them in 2013. And we have been working together since 2013. We pioneered the the whole concept of healthcare influencers working with products and, you know, posting content and stuff online and giveaways. Like all of that came from my ideas, my concepts, working with them um, and then being on board with that. And when we initially started working together, we started making like video content. And I was like, listen, this could be so much bigger. Like, there's this whole social media world out there and like we could do giveaways and we could have gift bag sponsorship for my events. And like, we could do so, so many great things for the community. And it was um, a very long-term relationship. And it was a relationship that I put a lot of passion and a lot of loyalty into. I recruited a great deal of ambassadors also to work on their team there. And I consulted on everything from Nurses Week projects to blog posts to apology letters to um, everything. It was always like, you know, hey, um, you need to say something about this or, hey, you guys need to address this. Um, Specifically, you know, when the George Floyd murders happened, you know, I remember calling and being on the phone and being like, hey, you need to uh, you really need to address this. Like you need to say something. and. 2020 was the year where I kind of realized we might be on two different paths as to what our values or our priorities or our mindsets are, which happens though, you know, but later on in the year, I had launched a scrubs collection with them, which was the first collab scrubs collection between a brand and a healthcare provider on planet earth. Um, and it was something I was very proud of. It was something I put so much into, and I really cared deeply about that, but one of the issues was that, you know, it was not being marketed how I really felt it needed to be launched. My audience is not on Facebook looking at paid ads on Facebook. You know, my my audience is on Instagram and on podcasts and social media. And, um, you know, I work with a lot of influencers and creators. In fact, I've, I have been the fucking mentor for half the people who are in nurse mm-hmm. influencers out there right now. And, people who, you know, I have worked with. And I was very insistent in saying, you know, we need to create an influencer marketing budget, you know, for this. We need to, um, you know, we, we really need to have some aspect of like money that we're paying people. And that was not given. That wasn't granted. And so I started having some things in the back of my mind that was like, you know, I wish this was going differently. And I didn't really say too much then. Flash forward some time. You know, July 2021, EB passed away, which was a, a very difficult time for me, a very upsetting time. He was a very dear friend of mine. We had known each other for years. We kind of came up in this game together. Um, he was another one of the OGs, you know, we first met in 2014. And he passed away, and some 
insensitive things were posted on Cherokee Uniform's sister brand page, Scrubs Mag. A lot of people were very concerned about that. And I took to social media to stand up and explain things. And I did Instagram lives. I did a whole bunch of what I would call like um, PR for them. And I remember this was the first time where I found myself being really not okay with this situation, not okay Mm -hmm. with the whole relationship. And, you know, I was discussing with my contact there, who was also one of my best friends over the last, you know, many, many years. But sometimes, you know, people who are best friends, they, people come into your life for different reasons, for different seasons. And I remember having a conversation, you know, saying with the whole debacle, with the stuff that was posted, you know, after EB's passing, it was me doing all the PR and it was me who almost got canceled because of my relationship with you guys. And um, I said, that's concerning. And I felt like it kind of fell on deaf ears. So I told them, I said, I'm going to take some time away. I'm not going to post anything. I'm not going to um, do any work for three months with you guys because I need to like at the end of the day, like I need to protect myself. Like I'm not going to get canceled over something that, you know, is an issue on your end. And I also want to make sure that there's some distance shown, you know, that, you know, like I'm not okay with ABCD. So several months went by and I started getting some texts from my contact there. And they're like, well, you know, you're not holding up your end of the contract. And it seems like we're the only ones working over here because my scrubs were still being released um, during that time. And I was not promoting them. I said, I stood by that. And, um, you know, my contact person there was like, you know, this is, this is, this is problematic. And I said, well, I, I told you guys back in July, I'm taking three months radio silence from our relationship on social media, working together and everything. And I said, we'll resume then because I need to renegotiate my contract. So contract renegotiations kind of started. My team, my management team and my agent sent an email with some deal points, some things that we wanted to change, some things that we wanted to address. I had not received a raise in eight years. (laughs) We'll let the mic drop there. That's I mean, that's eight years where social media has changed dramatically, drastically, exponentially. Yeah, exponentially. Exponentially. And again, I'm not here to speak negatively. I'm here to tell people my experience, my personal experience, because there's a lot of lessons here. And this is one of the first lessons. Mm -hmm. One of the first lessons is anytime you sense something like, I don't like this. This doesn't feel like we're aligned. This doesn't feel good. Pay attention to your gut and take a step back if you need to, um, which is what I did. Second big life lesson is advocate for yourself. And I never advocated for myself over eight years. Who the, do you think I would work full time at a hospital and not let them give me a raise for eight years? Like, mm-hmm. what the fuck was I doing? Like, well, Vanderbilt did that. And not quite eight years, but yeah. yeah. But like, why are we not advocating for ourselves and our worth so much more? Like, I, there is so much that my platform and my impact has changed over eight years. You cannot compare them. You can't compare either side of the spectrum mm-hmm. whatsoever. And there's a lot of value that I brought to that company. In fact, people, when they thought of Cherokee uniforms or when they thought of me, the first thing they thought of was Cherokee mm-hmm. uniforms. It was something, you know, very impactful. And I was like, Katie, why the fuck haven't you advocated for yourself and asked for a raise? So that was a big issue for me. And I was like, I can't believe I let this go that long. But then on the other hand, I was like, also, why haven't they offered me a raise 
over the last mm-hmm. eight years. So that's the other half, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm not advocating for myself, but also you guys are taking advantage of me. And so my management team was actually the ones who really pushed me into this renegotiation. And they were like, Katie, you really need to like, this is, this is not okay. You're fucking tripping is what they said. They said, you're being taken advantage of. And I was like, no, no, never. And then after a while, I was like, fuck, I am, but I'm partially to blame. So we sent them an email that said, here's some deal points that we want to address. Um, This is what my current rates would be for the work that I do for you each month, which consisted of 16 pieces of content across various platforms, exclusivity, full usage. We're talking like a lot of stuff. My team was like, you know, let's set up a call to talk. Let's just start, start here, have some conversation. And they basically got ghosted. Mm -hmm. The 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 VP of marketing, who's like the person in charge of all those negotiations and all those talks and everything did not respond to any of the emails. Um, My contact there, she responded to the emails and she set up one phone call, but she was not the person responsible for, you know, the budget and the the signing the deal and all that stuff. Um, Emails weren't returned. And my team, again, like two and a half months later, still had no clue like what was going on over there. And we had an entire Google Drive full of my screenshots and my social media insights and analytics. And the team over there, they said, you know, this isn't good enough. And um, if you work in social media and you do any sort of brand campaigns, one of the ways that your rates are determined is by like your insights, your audience demographic, your reach, your engagement, your screenshots, your sort of what we call your insights. And there's no Mm -hmm. fancy software system that determines these. It's you go to your Instagram page and you click on insights and you take screenshots. We collected six months of my insights from strictly my nursing content and and collected them in a Google Drive folder and sent them to them. And they refused to look through them. They said, this isn't good enough. You need to, you need to send us something more proper. And my team was like, well, there's nothing else exists. Um, so they, so at that point, they um, just kind of stopped um, responding to emails, stopped reaching back out. And I got a text message one day from my contact there. And she was like, you know, the VP of marketing um, says that he doesn't have what he needs, um, you know, to renegotiate any contract for you. Um, and he's, he's just going to pass. And um, I was like, okay, but like, he hasn't even talked to my team. He did not he did not speak to them one time. He didn't respond to any emails, no conversation. Um, and I had a call with the CEO who was very kind. I, I honestly, I, I love the CEO of the company. I love his family. I care deeply about them. And throughout the conversation, he was like, you know, the people in at the helm, you know, we just like, what are we paying for? Like, if you're not even like a real nurse anymore. And I was like, I don't understand because you're entire company spokesperson is an NP, but has never worked as an NP, but also has been out of clinical setting for seven years. Like, why are you even asking me this? Because clearly that shouldn't be a factor. And I Mm -hmm. felt like they didn't value me. I felt like they did not find me worthy enough. And um, even if we didn't get the rates that I was asking for, like meet us halfway or at least have some conversation, but there was no negotiation. There there was, there was nothing. And I remember feeling very slighted and I was like, damn, that's fucked up. You're going to, you're going to tell me I'm like, not even like a nurse or an NP anymore, but like, whatever. 
you you already know where I'm going with that. Um, but oh, yeah. I just I had so many red flags and there were so many spidey sense things that went off. And honestly, the people close to me were like, this is not the right situation for you. My management team, Sean, like they were like, this isn't like this is not this is not OK. And then I get a letter in the mail one day, a certified letter telling me that my scrubs collection has been canceled. No, oh, I just got the chills. No, no phone call, no text, no email, no Zoom call, no warning, nothing. In fact, I have the letter here. Get out. And it's dated. Did you laminate no, it? No, they, they laminated it for me. September 23rd, 2021. Oh. Please accept this letter as a formal 90 days notice. Blah, 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 blah. Your license agreement will not be renewed. My license agreement is the scrubs collection. And when I got that in the mail, I knew everything was over because I was like, damn, like y'all, y'all don't even find me worthy enough to like have a conversation to like, let me know, Hey, Katie, we reviewed some data, Mm -hmm. some numbers. Cause you know, I'm a grown up. I can handle a difficult conversation, but there was nothing. And so I texted my contact there and she basically denied even knowing anything about it. And I'm like, well, that's physically impossible. It, it's actually impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, the CEO, when I reached out to him, he was very apologetic. He's like, I'm sorry, you should not have found out in that way. And um, I said, no, I shouldn't have. I've been with you guys for eight and a half years. This is unacceptable. But that was kind of the last straw. My team was like, you know, Katie, this is not where you need to be. I think you guys are very much unaligned on many things. Mm-hmm. One of the big things that I, you know, tried to vouch for. I was like, you know, we need to pay our creators. Um, we need to pay the people who I'm asking to promote my scrub, my scrubs collection. And, you know, and then the issues with, you know, some of the PR stuff and then, you know, just the whole renegotiation attempt. And then that letter, I mean, it was just, it was time. And it was something I was a little nervous about announcing to people for a while, because, you know, for one, like, I don't want to get in any, I don't want to, I don't want people to ever think of me as someone who's unprofessional. You know, I would never go out there and speak mm-hmm. negatively about a brand, even right now. Um, you know, I, I, I think that they're a, I think that they're a solid organization. They've done a lot for nursing in the last 25 years. Um, but it's not the right brand for me to be partnering with moving forward. Mm-hmm. But my team immediately was like, Katie, we're pitching you to figs. And I'm like, pause. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, chill, hold, hold on a minute. Okay. And I'm like, there's no way, because honestly, I was like, I will get canceled. And I don't know why. I don't know why I thought that we had this. We had this conversation. I know you and fucking Din and fucking Levesque. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, I don't know, man. And I and I was so worried that people would think I was like a traitor because like for for the last eight years, I was team this part, this brand. But I was like so Mm -hmm. worried and it took some months. Um, and during like some months, I mean, I had to wait six months because of a contractual, um, you know, fine lines that I had to let pass. But during that six months, I was just kind of like doing a little homework on my end and talking to people and, uh, you know, talking to people about their experience with the brand and looking into some things. And yes, I'm now the newest addition to the Figs Ambassador team. Um, wow. So I guess at this point, you can say that I have been fully Woo! like come full circle. Um, but wow. welcome to the fix, like, baby. No lie. After doing all of my own homework, I feel so good about that decision. And I didn't just come to this decision because I'm looking for another brand campaign. Like I don't need another brand to partner with. Right. I, 
it's important for me to work with brands who have a place and a presence in the nursing and healthcare community that are advocating for the community that I care about and the community who looks up to me for advocacy. That's the core of what is the important shit. And at the end of the day, it is really, um, it's a really great opportunity to be able to work with a brand who has those same values. And I went and I had meetings with the chief brand officer, with the ambassador coordinator, with the co-founder, in fact. Wow. Like two other people in like the brand department. Um, and then the VP of community. And I had meetings with all of these people. And I toured the facility and I talked to people who work there at all different levels. And I got very hands-on. And I talked to my dear friends who've been working for this brand for many years. And at the end of the day, when you work for a brand for many years, like that, that says a lot. And I feel great about it moving forward. Um, and it's something that I'm excited for. And I'm not even going to lie, man. I, I used to look back and be like, God, I have so much fucking FOMO because some of the shit that like figs and like, you guys have done over the years, I would sit back and I would go tell my contact. I'd be like, we need to be doing this. We need to be doing this at Cherokee. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, we need to do this shit. They're getting, they're doing everything first. And we need to be doing this. We need to be doing a retreat. <laughs> we need to be doing an ambassador program. We need to be mm-hmm. doing that. And like, I would sign up for their marketing emails and I would be like, God, this shit is just beautifully done. Everything just it they're fucking nailing it but like you know yeah, i can't, I can't are, come out, i can't come out and like publicly say that shit but um yeah so like <laughs> i have um yeah this 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 is your womed exclusive is this your first time talking about it or have you talked about it on your podcast this yet? is no this is my first time talking with the actual details publicly Oh boy! Oh, my God. oh how, do you, how do you feel? Thank you for how that. How do you feel? Ta- like do, recapping yeah, everything. Okay? Um, I feel like there was a lot of good lessons for me in all of that. Um, everything happens in the time it it, it should happen, you know. And and I feel like it still kind of hurts a little bit, honestly. You know, my feelings were hurt a lot throughout that process. Um, but I learned a lot of good life lessons, business lessons. I also learned that growth can, again, growth can be very uncomfortable, you know, and I also kind of lost a friendship in the process or what I would call like a, a, a strategic friendship, you know, and, um, that person and I no longer speak. And again, like there's no bad blood, there's no bad blood whatsoever. But I think looking back, the friendship kind of existed and the core thing that connected us was that contract at Cherokee we both were very passionate and we both had a great work ethic. We were very dedicated to that and it brought us together over many years. But like when that ended, it was like, well, that was kind of it. So, you know, you lose this person or this friendship. And um, again, throughout the process, like you learn a lot about it, but that's why I said in the beginning, like there are some friendships and relationships that are for a reason or for a season and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And I certainly wouldn't wish any bad blood, you know, there's no negativity on anything, but so many people have asked me like, what happened and why would you just work for a company for eight years? And then all of a sudden not work for them anymore. And then go over to the, the enemy technically. And, um, this is why, you know, so it wasn't just like some, it wasn't just like one thing that happened. It was a culmination of many things, but Mm-hmm. I'm excited for new relationships, new partnerships, and Figs and I are talking about some really exciting things and um, mm-hmm. impactful stuff. 
And that's at the end of the day, that's the shit that matters. And um, yeah. so, yeah. Oh my God. I've literally, it's literally 52 minutes. I have been talking. I think you guys have said five words the entire time to everyone listening. I'm sorry. <laughs> if you're still listening, this is why we love you. Wait, if you're still listening at this point, I'm sorry. Are your mics still on? TKD. <laughs> TKD. You. Oh my God. You're just such a force in the nursing community. You know, people this is stuff that like people want to hear. They want to hear your version. They want to hear because you're tr- you're a truth teller. You know, you're not going to sugarcoat things. You're very blunt. You're very just lovely and wonderful. And people want to hear what you have to say. Oh, and I appreciate so that. I'm grateful for you. I appreciate that. That that means a lot. I, I get nervous talking about some of these things because I'm always like, I have, mm-hmm. again, I have anxiety at baseline and I just always get nervous thinking like, man, is someone going to try and cancel me over this? <laughs> it's so yeah. it's like, yeah. it, that's a very real anxiety or be like, you know, am I going to look unprofessional? But, um, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm human at the end of the day, I'm happy to share my life lessons and my experiences, um, you know, in, in a respectful, dignified manner. But um, I also think that people deserve transparency and, you know, a lot of people really, like we're very loyal to that brand for many years because of me and my stamp and my presence and mm-hmm. people deserve to know, you know, what happened. And again, you should choose whatever scrub brand is right for you. At the end of the day, if you still want to buy, you know, their brand, I support that. And I don't want people going and being like, fuck them, boycott them. At the end of the day, I just want you mm-hmm. guys to buy tickets to my bad decisions tour. we want to see you in nashville that's it right come whatever city is closest to you come to the bad decisions tour come and pack the seats so we don't have to drop cardboard cutouts of people (laughs) but i'm so i'm so pumped you're just the true definition of like you know nurses working outside the box you know i mean like we all do it yeah none of us are like just a nurse but kind of backpacking off of like what you said before, like they're like, you're not actually working as a nurse. Like you're not even like, does that mean my degree goes away? Well, that was the thing. My no. my response was very, I remember this conversation. I remember feeling very empowered during that conversation. And my response was, whose definition of an NP are you using? Are you using society's definition or are you using the hospitals that are paying you like are you using their definition? Because I'll tell you what an NP or, or a nurse does. And I laid out so many different ways that I still work as an NP every single day and how my mm-hmm. employer or where I work should never determine my role in this community, my, um, my ability to impact others, which at the end of the day, a brand partnership should revolve around impact and presence. It should not revolve mm-hmm. around whatever's in the background of the pictures I'm taking. And that conversation that day, I was like, yeah, I think we're growing out of this relationship because just to compare and contrast, like during my conversation with Figs, like the co-founder of Figs was like, I cannot tell you how excited we are that you're going to be working with us. I have been a fan for years. And I was like, what? I was like, I was like, um, first of all, you know, me, what me, 
But <laughs> I was like, first of all, like, it doesn't bother you that I don't work full time in the hospital. And second of all, I was like, also, like, you don't hate me. I assumed that you would have despised me because I worked for, quote, like the enemy for so many years. And she's like, no, she's like, I, I actually respect the work that you did there. She's like, you were you launched up your own fucking collection. Like, that's not a lighthearted manner. Like, um, but like, we don't care who you work for because it's you. You're the package that we're signing on. You are right. the, the voice, your voice, your energy, your presence, your advocacy. And I swear to God, it was that conversation that I was like, this is the right move for me because people who define you by you, where you work or what their definition of your role is, those are the limiting relationships in your life that you should no longer contribute your time to because they no longer serve you. And so that was a very big growing point for me. Um, and I just remember I was so pissed off when that, when he said that to me, cause I was like, First of all, like when I go to work as an NP, I'm impacting the patients I take care of and their family members and maybe my colleagues. But when I go on social media every day and I reach 20, 30,000 people with a single story or a single reel, or I'm answering hundreds of DMs a day, I make it a point to answer like 70% of my messages and I get hundreds a day. And I mm. reach, a, I have a podcast that reaches 60, 70,000 people a month um, each episode. And if you're ignoring that impact and that voice and that presence and that advocacy solely because I won't be taking pictures in your scrubs at a hospital every day, like, and I'm not taking care of patients. Well then, yeah, we definitely, we, it's time for us to move on. Mm -hmm. Mic drop. <laughs> Also, how excited are we that we get to actually like hang out in like literally three weeks? Oh I can't God. wait. I literally can't wait. And the fact I'm that so and the fact that me standing next to you guys and Danielle Levesque and also Shelly Rockwell, I will look like Danny DeVito. <laughs> Shut up. Matter of fact, can you have the promotional material for this episode be Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger on the cover of Twins? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And just Photoshop my face on. Yeah, we can do that. We'll figure it out. I don't know how figure, I don't know how to Photoshop. Put your face, we'll put figure your it face out. is on Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danielle oh, yeah. too. And then Photoshop my face on Danny DeVito's. I could get that done. I think it'll be pretty epic. Because people, when they meet me in real life, they're like, where's the rest of you? <laughs> and, Amazing. You literally you come up to like my underboob. I know. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, and I'm like, first of all, like what makes you fuckers think that I'm like tall in real life? Like, oh, you have this big personality. Okay. But has that ever like equaled someone's actual like height? And <laughs> when people meet me, they're like, yo, you're, you're fucking tiny. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but, um, but yeah, so I can't tell you, like, it feels good to get some of, some of this stuff out there, I feel, but you know, again, I, I just want to make sure that the record is clear. I would yeah. never trash a company or a brand that I work with. And I support anybody's decision on what brand they want to wear, or if they want to work for them as an ambassador, or if, or if they believe in them, like to each his own, this is simply me sharing my experience. And also I don't want to get fucking sued. <laughs>
God, I miss that woman's energy. She just fires me up. (laughs) How can she not? I hope everyone that was listening in just feels fired up and ready to tackle healthcare, tackle their job, tackle the day. You know, Katie's the best. I love her. Make sure if you aren't already, follow her at the Katie Duke. That is also how she's in my phone. All one word. But also make sure you're listening to her Bad Decisions podcast. Go give that a follow. Um, and as always, like, listen, review, rate. You know, um, I guess subscribing isn't really a thing anymore for podcasts because that leaves a weird connotation that you have to pay something. This shit is free. We do it for you. But likes and reviews help us move up the charts and, you know, get in more ear holes. So, yes. And if you have some nursing friends that think that they will love this boiling hot piping tea that Katie spilled, be sure to share it with your friends, colleagues, coworkers, family, all that jazz. And we will catch you next Monday. On that note, WOMED out. Mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.